This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Today is July 30th, 2007, and you're listening to episode number 43 in the Taylor Merrick Podcast, sponsored by GoDaddy. Today you'll learn about planning for retirement, copyright versus trademark, and new wireless market. Welcome to the Taylor Merrick Podcast, the three-in-one podcast on finances, business, and technology. Podcasting to you from the studios of TaylorMerrick.com, located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Here's your host, Taylor Merrick. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Taylor Merrick Podcast. Welcome to new listeners and to long-time listeners. If you have any questions, comments, ideas at any time, feel free to call our toll-free number if you're in the U.S. at one 866 TMP 2860 if you're outside of the United States or you can't really record it using a phone what you can do is you can send me an audio comment and over the email or I have a system set up where you can go to my website and there's a message center you can record a message and as a matter of fact here's one right now. Hi Taylor, this is Dak Sharma from the marketing blog.wordpress.com. Uh, first of all, uh, let me just uh, congratulate you for the episode number 40. That was simply a terrific piece of show. And as always, uh, a couple of things to learn for uh, the financial uh, aspects attached to the podcast. Now, coming back to the earlier post, uh, I think that's quite interesting to hear that uh, your, your podcast is compatible with iPhone. And I am quite up uh, to grab an iPhone and uh, get started with your podcast. Uh, but as always, uh, I am looking forward to uh, see this one in the Indian market. don't really know when it's going to come. Uh, but let me assure you one thing. Uh, your podcast is going to be the first one, which I'm going to try with my new iPhone. Thank you, Taylor. Bye-bye. Talk to you. And here is another listener comment from the same audio comment system. Hi, Taylor. I'm really happy that I attended your lecture yesterday over the PodCamp City. And I just want to let you know that I'm learning a lot from you. I love the way you use technology. And it's just a great source of inspiration. And I just uh, hope to keep on learning from you. Thank you. Well, thank you for those kind comments. I appreciate it very much. And I'm glad you're learning something and... 
finding some place to go. And if you have anything you would like to add, feel free by all means to call the show. This is listener-oriented podcast where I want to give you, the listener, the chance to speak out on your topic and also drive stories my way relating to finances, business, or technology. And I would remind you to not forget about the Taylor Merrick Podcast College Fund. Full details can be found in this week's show notes. As in every show note. And you can also go to the TaylorMerrick.com website to find out more there. Don't forget to join in the conversation at the Taylor Merrick Podcast forums. And hint, we have a new listener contest coming up. If you want to be the first in on this and this is pretty big. This is actually a contest where you can win $100. And the contest itself is very simple, but I'm not going to give out any more information. I'm just going to keep it a secret until August 10th. Because that's when it starts. And if you want to be one of the first to be notified of it when it comes out... Send me an email, taylor at taylormerrick.com, T-A-Y-L-O-R at sign, T-A-Y-L-O-R-M-A-R-E-K.com, or go to the taylormerrick.com website and click on, click on contact me, and if you could have the subject body be about the new upcoming listener contest, I'll be able to be able to give you first notification as to when that comes out. So, with that all taken care of, today, for episode 43 of the Taylor Merrick Podcast, which has been sponsored by GoDaddy, you'll learn about in finances, planning for retirement, for business, copyright versus trademark, and for technology, you'll learn about new wireless market. Are you looking for a place to get a domain name or web hosting? Well, then look no further. GoDaddy is the answer to all your questions. They have 24-7 technical support, reachable on a phone. They have best domain name pricing you can find anywhere. They have everything and anything that you need to make and get and keep your piece of the internet and make your piece of the internet successful. And when you go out to GoDaddy.com to purchase your domain names, why don't you use these two codes to help you save next time you purchase? And when you're in a checkout line, you have your web hosting order ready for when you're getting web hosting through GoDaddy. Use the code POD11, P-O-D-11, to save 10% on that. Or just in general, buying a domain name or anything else, use the code BLUE11BLU11. Try GoDaddy today, own your piece of the internet, and save. In finances today, it is planning for retirement. And there is an article I found on money.com. And 
generally, in a nutshell, the steps that they lay out are good, good steps, good ideas, and I'll read them off to you, and I'll, I'll give you my point on them. So, first off, well, there's ten steps. First one is save as much as you can as early as you can. Though it's never too late to start, the sooner you begin saving, the more time your money has to grow. Gains each year build on the prior years. That's the power of compounding and the best way to accumulate wealth. And I'll, I agree with that. And well, somewhat, but not entirely, you should also educate yourself and start, if you're young, start out by educating yourself and start preparing for that possibility of retirement and also just start dabbling and getting ready or actually getting started yourself in whatever market that you choose to get to the place where you don't have to worry about if you're going to have money for retirement or not. A second one is set realistic goals. And I would agree with that. You should set realistic goals. Now, if you, you can push it, but just be sure that it's in the realm of possibility. You can either aim low, you can aim quite exact, or you can aim high. Really, it's up to you and how much risk you want to take if you want to play it on the low and a safe end, or if you want to uh, have more for retirement expenses. That is entirely up to you. Now, here's where I sort of get into a problem with this next one. Number three is the 401k is one of the easiest and best ways to save for retirement. And although that is true, and although that should be one of your plans for being secure, comfortable, or rich, it should fit in one of them, don't depend on just a 401k and be able to having for your retirement. Now, even though they say it's tax-deferred and everything, here's the thing. Who do you want managing your money? Who do you want to know about your money? You do. And this is why I stress the importance of becoming educated on in your financial IQ. It's so low these days, many people don't even realize it, and they hand over their money to people they assume know what to do best with their money when you want to know the secret the person that knows the best what to do with their money is themselves and don't depend on just a 401k and here's a little inside tip about a 401k from what I've been hearing is that you you remember the baby boom generation? Remember they're getting older, and this is this is a pretty big generation. This is you might even be part of the generation. 
but this is a big, massive generation that when they all start retiring and when they all start pulling 401k, their retirement fund out of their 401ks, you want to know what that's going to start doing? Because it's linked to the government, it's taking so-called, you know, government money and it's going to create problems there on the government end on it, but it's also tied to the stock market. And so that's going to have the stock market is going to shoot high and down and low. and It's just going to create a general problem. And the, it's, I, you'll have, just have to see, we'll just have to see what comes out of it. But from the way I'm hearing it, it's not really good. Plus, the 401k Basically, the government is holding on to your money. And do you remember with the bank? You should you should learn this if you don't know it already. In the beginning of the banking system, when you start learning about banks and as you go into it, you learn that a bank actually uses your money to loan out to other people and basically writes an IOU to you personally that says... You know, Joe Smith here deposited $100 in his checking account. Well, that's $100 more we can loan out to somebody who needs $100. And we'll just write an IOU to let us know that, you know, he does have uh, $100 in his checking account. And just learn about the history of the banking system and how that if everybody remember when everybody runs in and tries to pull out their money out of the bank the bank runs out of money to give that to them mm-hmm. same thing with 401ks when everybody starts withdrawing baby boom generation starts withdrawing for their 401ks it's basically government money that the government said that yes even though it's your money this money we can use for whatever you want to use, and we'll just write you an IOU. Very risky position to be sitting in if you are just depending on a 401k. But my alternative plan is to become educated and to spread yourself out so that if one side takes a hit, your whole nest egg doesn't go falling apart. Many times these days... All the retirement nest egg is built on is the 401k and IRA plans. And those are tightly linked to the government and to the stock market. And as a very risky position to be taking because you're gambling all your retirement money. All of it. If it goes down, you have nothing. What you should do is diversify and not so much rely on one market as providing that income for you. Expand into maybe creating your own business as a possibility or buying real estate or stock markets. Use use your creative juices to come up with ways that if one idea, one portion that you have set up fails, is not going to eat you. And it goes on to say, you know, number four in the article that an IRA can also give your savings a tax advantage boost. Focus your asset allocation more than on individual picks. Stocks are best for long-term growth. Don't move too heavily into bonds, even in retirement. 
make tax-efficient withdrawals that can stretch the life of your nest egg, working part-time in retirement can help in more ways than one, and lastly, 10, there are other creative ways to get more mileage out of retirement assets. So really, what it comes down to for your planning a retirement account, first off, become educated, and secondly, spread yourself evenly so that if one leg of your or one portion of your nest egg falls apart, say you're you're spread into three different areas and you own a business, you own an apartment, and you're invested in stocks. If the stock market fails, you at least have money coming in from two other markets to be able to support you. So if you want to weigh in on this subject, by all means, call our toll-free number 1-866-TMP-2860. We will be right back with business. This show is a proud member of the Financial Podcast Directory. You can find this and other financial-related podcasts dealing with your personal finance at financialpodcastdirectory.com. You're listening to the Taylor Merrick Podcast, a proud member of podcasterwhoswho.com, the who's who of podcasting. Now for business, it is trademark versus copyright, copyright versus trademark, and I actually entered into a very interesting discussion with this in my with my family uh, several days ago, and I was looking around to find out, well, really, what is the difference between a copyright and a trademark, and I found that LegalZoom.com provides actually a pretty good answer, one that I 95 agree with and the other 1% is relating to my podcast, audio, video, new media basically and how that works. That's dealing more on the business corporate end of podcasting I guess if you want to call it. But what LegalZoom says is that both trademark and copyright registration are both means of protecting protecting the intangible rights of intellectual property. Remember what your most important asset is? Your brain. There are, however, important differences between trademark and copyrights. Now, what a copyright is is a form of protection provided by the laws of the United States to the authors of original works of authorship, and this includes... Literacy, dramatic, musical, artistic, and certain other intellectual works, which I'm pretty sure includes audio. We'll see. Copyright does not cover intellectual property such as a title, name, short phrases, and slogans, familiar symbols, designs, or mere variations of typographic or ornamentation, lettering, or coloring. This type of intangible property is often more appropriately protected by a trademark. Think of some of the most memorable advertising slogans you've heard, such as swoosh or such, or the golden arches. These slogans are protected by a trademark of some sort. They are, however, unlikely to qualify for copyright protection. Now, trademark protection, on the other hand, is designed to protect a word, phrase, symbol, or design, or combination of words 
phrases, symbols, or designs that identify and distinguish the source of goods or services of one person or company from those of others. Now, the distinction between trademark and copyright protection is not always clear. Think, for example, of a logo with which you are familiar. The amount of original authorship authorship that goes into a logo can vary greatly. Most of the highly recognizable logos out there are extremely simple objects such as a swoosh. However, one can imagine a much more ornate logo that includes a great deal of original authorship. And that kind of logo could qualify for both trademark and copyright protection. Now, if you're looking to protect the name of your company, your newly designed logo, or your best catchphrase yet, what you should do is go for trademark protection is likely the route for you. Now, if you're looking to protect your latest gallery-worthy painting, next great American novel, or even a brilliantly choreographed dance sequence, copyright is probably the best route for you. And now remember, what is similar between a trademark and a copyright is it basically says, although in copyright it says that this person, this company, owns the rights to such and such a thing, and you cannot use it without giving credit where credit is due or using with permission. With a trademark, you're basically saying the swoosh, that's Nike. Nobody else can say it's theirs or that they invented it. It's Nike's swoosh, and if you're going to talk about something with the swoosh, Give the credit back to Nike. Don't try to adapt it as your own. And that's basically the similarity between copyright and trademark is that they're both linked to... You can't use them. They're registered to one person. And if you want to use it, you have to ask the company or individual for that. Now, if you have an interesting angle on this or if you have more of a difference showing between a trademark and a copyright, call our toll-free number 1-866-TMP-2860 or better yet, drop by and buy the taylormark.com website and leave a comment or an audio comment. And that will wrap it up for business. We'll be right back with technology. This podcast is part of the Blueberry Network. You can find this and other fine podcasts at blueberry.com. That's Blueberry. Without the ease. This podcast is proudly listed at the best podcasting directory on the internet, podcastpickle.com. We now return you to your regularly scheduled download, already in progress. This show is a proud member of the techpodcast.com network. Find out more about this and other shows at www.techpodcast.com. Techpodcast.com. If it's tech, it's here. As technology, you might might not be hearing about some upcoming rules that could break open a wireless market. And it's basically Google is trying to buy a 700 hertz a new uh, wireless market 
And this article is from USA Today. Actually, it was fresh off the presses and is fresh off the presses as of the recording of this podcast. And it's saying federal regulators Tuesday are scheduled to pass new rules aimed at breaking open a tightly controlled wireless market, potentially making it easier for consumers to use any handset and software they choose with certain services. But as always, some analysts are skeptical that the FCC, their rules for upcoming airwaves auction will loosen the grip of big wireless carriers that may be intent on steering consumers to their own cell phones and services. Uh, the commissioners were negotiating late Monday on ways to prevent that from happening. And what do I say to them? <laughs> Just leave it alone. Don't. You, we're not trying to create a monopoly here, and we already have enough of a monopoly in the cell phone market. Just, I actually think this is a good idea, having it more open source. Do you, if you're on the internet and have been on the internet and have used stuff on the internet, open source software, they actually make some pretty good stuff. For example, there's WordPress, and I think there's TypePad, and there's Drupal, and I think there's Joomla, and there's a whole bunch of other open source software that actually help us as a whole, and Really, the only thing they're asking for is if you want to pay, go ahead. If you don't want to, hey, that's fine. Just give credit where credit's due. Now, these open access requirements are expected to be imposed on about a third of the airwaves sold in January's auction. That means the winner of that spectrum would have to offer a service that lets subscribers use any handset and download any software they wish. Now, for example, a consumer could buy a cell phone from Google and use it on, say, Verizon's network to download Google Games or video from the web. And Google itself has expressed interest in bidding, they more or less leading the push for open access. Now, today, big wireless carriers strictly controlled the device and application network on their networks. The iPhone, for instance, works only on AT&T's network. <laughs> and... AT&T is... I don't know what iPhone was... Apple was thinking. AT&T is not really a good route to go. I mean... Oh, and I finally figured out why AT&T is a network with the fewest dropped calls. Because you can't make those calls. You can't make those calls to begin with. And the calls that you do make, a lot of them are just bad quality and not to mention a lot of their hardware and software is out of date and as further proof of that iPhone crashed I think the entire west coast or a good portion of west coast when all these iPhones are being activated and people were jumping on the web and playing around with them on the first day and AT&T knew this was coming and didn't do anything about it and I wouldn't recommend going with Sprint because they're having bad customer service. Basically seen in a nutshell, don't call us, we don't want to help you, and AT&T is also spying on their network. Really the only option they should have gone was Verizon, and 
well, I'm not going to say any more on that. And that's just an example of wireless carriers strictly controlling the devices and application network under networks. And if it was open source, I guess if you want to say open access, as they say it, they could use the iPhone on Verizon's network. And we would all be happy, and Apple would be happy, and whoever uses it would be happy. Now, there's an analyst, Blair Levin of Stifle Nicholas, says a deep-pocketed wireless carrier carrier will likely win the spectrum. A new entrant, such as Google, lacks the expertise to build and operate a network, he says. And in a way, I sort of think that's true. Google's buying a bit too much stuff and spreading themselves apart a bit too thin, I'm thinking. And it, it just might come to a point where they can't really add anything, especially as much good as it would be. And I can sort of see the reason why Google wants to get this is to be able to put their Google phone on it, possibly. That's just an idea I was thinking about. Could be true, couldn't be. But Google really doesn't know much about building and operating a network, according to this guy, and I'll agree with it a bit, but, you know, if Google does buy it and Google does do a good job, well, I guess Google's pretty good at running a wireless market. And the carrier he was saying about would be bound by open access rules but could easily favor the handset or software it offers. For instance, it could charge a subscriber a much higher monthly fee to use another company's phone. Alternatively, the carrier could build its network in a way that ensures its handsets work virtually everywhere while arrivals are used in key places such as airport or downtown areas. That's an interesting idea to think about. Although, it's open access, so why are we restricting? Anyways, and the commissioners, they are haggling over conditions to head off such tactics. For instance, the winning bidder would likely be barred from charging technology licensing fees to ensure a vendor's phone works on a carrier's network. FCC officials say there's other restraints, such as capping a service fee a carrier can charge, or, uh, and they say big carriers have a lot of ways of leveraging their assets to make the open list less meaningful. Some FCC co- officials counter that the new rules will make it easier for competitors to lodge complaints if a carrier violates their intent. And this is actually pretty interesting. All the ideas and debates that are going on between this new wireless market and if you want to weigh in on this subject, if you want to come up on it, by all means, come up on a soapbox and give your speech on what you think about this, good, bad. Otherwise, I'll play it. Just keep language clean and I'll most definitely play it on a show and see what you think about it. And that will wrap it up for today in technology. Thanks for listening to this episode in the Taylor Merrick Podcast. Show notes for this episode and past episodes can be found by going to taylormerrick.com. If you have any questions, comments, ideas at any time, please call one 866 
TMP2860. Don't forget to join in the conversation at the Taylor Merrick Podcast Forums. I'm Taylor Merrick, and I will see you next week. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.